Well, good afternoon, everyone. It is time for another edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. I'm Bruce Hooley. Glad to have you along. It's a Wednesday. Towson State, Ohio State tonight. Buckeye basketball team trying to build on its number 21 national ranking in the aftermath of defeating your Duke Blue Devils and Penn State Nittany Lions in the Big Ten opener. We will chat a little bit about the Buckeyes. Big news on the football front. We have a new defensive coordinator. Wow. Wow. I think that's seismic. I mean, I guess everybody expected that. I didn't expect that. I thought because I heard Matt Barnes had done such a phenomenal job that Matt Barnes would be the defensive coordinator, but he's not. It is Jim Knowles, and we'll also touch on the Browns and the Bengals and, of course, have a faith element at the end. So let's start with a little shout-out to my friends at Willis Spangler Starling, attorney firm of choice of the Bruce Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Attorney firm of choice of Bruce Hooley. They do a phenomenal job. They have looked at contracts for me. I have run legal questions by them whenever I have a question. If it involves something and I think I could get into trouble by assuming I know the answer, I ask my friend Stan Willis and the attorneys at Willis Spangler Starling. I get the right answer. I get it promptly. I get it in language that I can understand. They do a phenomenal job. They'll do a phenomenal job for you. They're located on Truman Boulevard in Hilliard. They are just a little bit north of the Mill Run area where Target and Home Depot are located. You can find them on the web at willisattorneys.com. Willisattorneys.com. W-I-L-L-I-S. Willisattorneys.com. Okay, Matt Barnes is out as defensive coordinator at Ohio State. He said, he was never the defensive coordinator, Bruce. Now, that's true. He was not in title. Kerry Combs was. Kerry Combs got paid as defensive coordinator. He did the job this year until Ohio State got run by Oregon. And I do mean run. Same run to the left side. Worked for touchdown, touchdown, touchdown in the Ducks' victory over Ohio State second week of the season. And then Matt Barnes comes in, and all of a sudden all I hear is, Matt Barnes, he's the greatest, he's phenomenal. Well, I mean, maybe, but I know that I said to you many times, maybe it's who they're playing, not necessarily how they're playing. Then they got into the Michigan game, and you saw what Michigan did to them, dominated them on the ground, and now... We have the announcement that Jim Knowles, 56 years old, from Oklahoma State University. Don't panic. I'll explain why that's not necessarily bad news. That you're taking a defensive coordinator from OSU for OSU. Jim Knowles, 56 years old, new head new head of the defense at Ohio State, defensive coordinator. He'll get paid more than he got paid at Oklahoma State. And he'll be in a position where, if he wants to be and he does a good job, he can probably become a head coach in what? I mean, I was going to say two years, and then I thought, how long was Jeff Halfley here? Oh, that's right, a year. Jeff Halfley was here a year, and boom, off he goes to Boston College. So maybe if there's an opening in the Big 12, Jim Knowles with his Oklahoma State pedigree coming to Ohio State, coaches the Buckeyes, they're sacktastic on the defensive line, their linebackers suddenly get appreciably better, their secondary locks down. It's not ridiculous to think that Jim Knowles could be a head coach after just one year, and he's 56 years old, so he's got time to be a head coach somewhere else. So he can't take over until there's an office for him to sit at, or sit in, a desk for him to sit at. And so that means somebody's leaving. And I don't know, what kind of odds would you give Kerry Combs to stick around? What kind of odds would you give Matt Barnes to stick around? Now, some people say, well, Barnes is going to stick around because he didn't get demoted. He's the secondary coach. He's still the secondary coach. Yeah, but... They gave him more responsibility, and if I'm Barnes, I'm looking at this going, well, they hired this guy, so my path to being defense coordinator here is blocked, unless they do the kind of lame co-coordinator thing, which I suppose they could do. But Combs is 
a very good football coach, a very good recruiter. He is connected in the coaching profession from his years at Coleraine and Ohio State and the Tennessee Titans. Kerry Combs, I would think, would be in high demand somewhere. Where will he go? Will he stay or will he go? I don't know, but somebody's leaving, and it would be, my bet is, one of those two guys to leave. You also have to remember, Al Washington, the linebacker's coach, had a big offer from Tennessee a year ago. He turned that down. Is he as hot a commodity now that Ohio State's linebackers were not as good as they were the year before? I always subscribe to the theory that guys don't forget how to coach. If you thought they were a good coach one year, they're probably still a really good coach the next year. Probably made their players didn't play very well. Or maybe the players around them didn't play very well. Like if your defensive line doesn't play well, your linebacker's going to have a hard time. Because if they're getting blocked, they're going to have a hard time. The D-line's job is occupy the blockers. The linebacker's job is make the tackle. So will somebody come after Al Washington? Maybe. This is the season where coaches get all kinds of offers, and we'll see what the staff looks like. The guy that I can't believe doesn't get offered to look for a job or be at least looked at for a job is Brian Hartline. Brian Hartline's young. Brian Hartline's a phenomenal recruiter. He's an ex-NFL player. I have no clue, none, what Akron is doing hiring Joe Moorhead from Oregon instead of hiring Brian Hartline from Canton Glen Oak. And as far as I know, they didn't even look at Hartline. Now, Hartline at Akron, if he crushes it, is only going to be there two or three years. I understand that. But is Joe Moorhead, who's been at Penn State, who's been at Mississippi State, who's been at Oregon, is Joe Moorhead sitting there five, six, seven, ten years from retirement going, you know where I'd really like to spend the rest of my life? I'd really like to spend the rest of my life in Akron, Ohio. Hmm. Maybe you believe that. I don't. So I'm not sure that Akron got the longevity with Joe Moorhead that they're thinking they got. And I'm not sure they got the coach to excite people like they think they got. Brian Hartline, to me, is a better hire. But, you know, there's a reason Akron's Akron. And making the wrong hire. (laughs) They made the right hire in basketball with John Gross. I wish them well with their football hire. I just think there was a guy right under their nose who went to high school right under their nose at Canton Glen Oak, and they didn't even look at him. So we'll see. Maybe Brian Hartline. Brian Hartline can do better than Akron, but he can't do better than Akron if nobody better than Akron is asking him. So I would have uh, looked at Brian Hartline first, but they did not. Now, this Jim Knowles character, he looks older than he is. As I said, he's 56. He looks every bit of 65 because he doesn't have any hair and he has a you know very gray beard. So that's not really doesn't count for anything. I'm just saying, when I found he was 56, I'm like, hmm, he looks older than 56. Uh, what will he do for the team? Well, his sack numbers at Oklahoma State on his defensive line led the nation. Ohio State needs to get back to sacking the quarterback. We all know that. That might be more of a factor of who they have and the fact that Zach Harrison has not, as of yet, turned out to be what people thought Zach Harrison would be when he came out of Old Tangy Orange High School. But they do have Jack Sawyer. They do have uh, Tuamilau from Washington. They have talent. I'm sure they're recruiting more talent. I would imagine their sack numbers will go up. But this defense, will it be flawless? Ohio State made a switch from Bill Young to Fred Pugich as defensive coordinator during the Cooper era, and all of a sudden they took off in the mid-90s because Pug believed in blitzing. Maybe Knowles believes in blitzing a lot. Maybe he has unique and camouflage blitz schemes that will get a lot more pressure on the quarterback. We won't know until we see him, but Ohio State we know has good players. I would assume he will get them to play well, but I find the most interesting aspect of this, not that Jim Knowles is coming, but somebody's got to leave. And I also would 
wonder if I'm Jim Knowles. Let me see. Kerry Combs was a defensive coordinator. They had a bad game against Oregon, and he lost his gig. Matt Barnes was the de facto defensive coordinator, and he presided over a defense that had a presumably bad game against Michigan, and he got let go. If Notre Dame plays us the first game next year and runs all over us, am I going to see week two? Now, I'm sure Jim Knowles and his agent have policed that and bulletproofed that in his contract, but that is a fair assessment, or at least a fair question to ask Ryan Day. This is a big hire. We'll see if it comes through. Everything on paper looks good about Jim Knowles. All right, switching gears. Ohio State basketball tonight against Towson, 9 p.m. tip. What's with the late tips? Ugh. 9.30 Duke, 9 o'clock Towson. Ridiculous. But they should have no problem with Towson. The problem will be Saturday against Bucky the Badger in Wisconsin. And the what? Who's older? Jim Knowles, the new off, the new defensive coordinator? Or Matt Davidson, the little guard from Wisconsin, who's among the most... How can I say this nicely? He's among the most challenging players in the Big Ten to like. There you go. He's marginally athletically gifted, but he uh, uses, (laughs) I'm really trying to be kind, he uses his athletic talents to be quite bothersome on defense for the opposing team. The over-under on number of times Matt Davidson will do something on Saturday to get booed by the Ohio State crowd is uh, three and a half, I would say. Three and a half, maybe two and a half. I think I would bet three. I don't know if I'd bet four. But he will definitely incur the ire of Ohio State's crowd on Saturday. And Jamari Wheeler, we've seen him. He doesn't suffer fools. Michi Johnson doesn't suffer fools. He's a Cleveland kid. He's not going to back down. So there could be the potential for fireworks between Matt Davison and Michi, Jamari. And that, of course, is why Matt Davison does what he does. He does that to get the other team's good players who need to play smart, measured, to get them out of their game mentally. So we shall see. Okay. Reminder that open enrollment is going to expire a week from today. It is December the 8th. December the 15th, open enrollment closes. You will not have a chance to change your health insurance as an individual for the next year if you do not look at it now and perhaps change it now. You don't have to change it. I don't know where to look, Bruce. Well, I'm about to tell you. AUIinfo.com is a health insurance brokerage in Akron, Ohio, and they do business over the phone, over Zoom, in person, however you want to do it, via chat. They will take care of your insurance questions. What kind of coverage do I have? What are the co-pays? What hospitals are in my network? Is the doctor that I have still in my network? He might have changed practices. The practice might have been acquired by somebody. It might be under a different name. I don't see my orthopedist under this practice. All kinds of things. A lot of it is just getting the doctor to file the certification. But if you think he did and he didn't, and you go to the hospital and you need a new shoulder, knee, hip, whatever, and it's not covered, whoa, now instead of paying, what, 20% of the whole bill, now you're on the hook for 40, 45. All because you didn't pay one quick visit to auiinfo.com and type the question you have into their chat and get the answer. And guess what? If it's an answer you don't like, they'll put you in touch with other options for insurance, exact costs and all those things, and you'll be able to make a decision. And then those companies pay AUI. You don't pay them. They get paid, but not by you. It's a free service always, not once or twice, always. I can't even imagine why you wouldn't use it, but 
you know, maybe you like throwing your money away. AUIinfo.com. That's AUIinfo.com. Okay, we have one, count them, one Ohio State football All-American. Can you guess who it is? According to ESPN, Ohio State has one first-team college football All-American. Now you're going through your Rolodex in your mind, and you're saying, huh, Chris Olave? Nope. Garrett Wilson? No. Travion Henderson? No. C.J. Stroud's a Heisman finalist. C.J. Stroud? No. Wow, on the defense. Who on the defense? Who could possibly be first team on the defense? Denzel Burke? Freshman? First team All-American? No. Noah Ruggles, ladies and gentlemen. Your transfer kicker from North Carolina is the first team All-American kicker on ESPN. He was 14 of 15 on field goals under 40, 4 of 4 on field goals outside 40. He was 68 for 68 on extra points. Congratulations to the Buckeye Tar Heel, Noah Ruggles, first team All-American. Okay, as I mentioned, C.J. Stroud is a Heisman finalist. Kenny Pickett of Pitt, Will Anderson of Oklahoma, and Bryce Young of Oklahoma are your Heisman finalists. I think I'm right on that. I think Will Anderson is a Heisman finalist. I know the other three are Heisman finalists. Will C.J. Stroud win the Heisman? No, he will not. He will not. I'm actually very surprised that C.J. Stroud is a Heisman finalist. Uh, Oh, by the way, speaking of surprised, Bryce Young says he's surprised that Will Anderson is not a Heisman finalist. Oh, look at this, who I snarked and left off the Heisman list. Aiden Hutchinson of Michigan. Does Gus Johnson get a little something extra in his check for that? The way that Gus got a little something extra in his check for Chase Young being a Heisman finalist? Sorry, your defensive end. If you don't have 20 sacks, don't even talk to me about being a Heisman finalist. But uh, Aiden Hutchinson is the other Heisman finalist. The winner of the Heisman will be Bryce Young. I have no doubt that it will be Bryce Young. We'll see. Stroud, I think, will be probably third. Third. I don't know if Pickett or Hutchinson will finish ahead of him. Maybe Stroud will be second. He might be. A lot of guys vote early. They do. They vote early before those final games in November, which is dumb. I don't know why you would do that. I've never done that. I've voted for the Heisman since... I've voted for the Heisman for more than 30 years uh, because I got the Ohio State beat in the late 1980s, and I've voted for Heisman ever since. So that's my prediction that Bryce Young will win the Heisman Trophy and C.J. Stroud will not. But it's a nice trip to New York for C.J. and will whet his appetite for next season. As we turn our attention... To, well, one more thing on the high. Kenny Pickett, the quarterback from Pitt who set all the records, he lost his offensive coordinator, which doesn't really matter because he's probably going to go to the NFL. His offensive coordinator, Mark Whipple, who was the offensive coordinator at Miami for a while, and he was a head coach at UMass, and he's one of these you know perceived offensive geniuses. Uh, Mark Whipple stepped down surprisingly at Pitt the other day. People were like, whoa, what's Whipple su- leaving Pitt? supposedly to retire. (laughs) Not so fast, my friend. Mark Whipple today hired as the offensive coordinator at Nebraska. Nebraska. You say, wait a minute, Scott Frost is in Nebraska? Doesn't Scott Frost run the offense? Not anymore. Not anymore. Three and whatever they were this year, three and eight. And they lost a bunch of games by less than a score or one score. They want to take offense off of Scott Frost's plate and they want to bring in Mark Whipple. And I saw Adrian Martinez, their quarterback, is entering the transfer portal. I, like, why would you do that? 
Adrian Martinez. I don't understand that. That makes no sense to me. Go back to Nebraska and play in an offense that you know you like and you know that is suited for you and you know that you can run and you know you have a pretty good chance to start. I don't know where he thinks he's going. Maybe he's going someplace D2 or whatever, but I maybe he's going back to his native California. He's from California. That was big news when Nebraska got him. He was all the rage. He was going to be, oh, Scott Frost is going to put him in there and they were going to be just like Central Florida, except for the fact that Central Florida went undefeated and Nebraska has never had a winning season under Scott Frost. So um, that's where we are with that. Uh, the guy that I'm surprised about is the – remember the guy Joe Burrow had as his offensive coordinator at LSU? Joe Brady? And then Joe Brady was you know, plucked away by the Carolina Panthers? And Joe Brady was going to be like on the fast track to becoming the, – the Panthers fired Joe Brady. They fired him. Does Brian Kelly get the hard press from the LSU boosters to bring Joe Brady back? Does Joe Brady go to, I don't know, USC with Lincoln Riley? Lincoln Riley runs that show. He's not going to Oklahoma because Brent Venables, the new coach at Oklahoma, hired the guy from Mississippi who called the plays for Matt Canada. So I don't know where Joe Brady's going to go, but Joe Brady's out there on the open market. And it bears watching where he's going just because he coached Joe Burrow and had a phenomenal year with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase down there at LSU. Okay, uh, let's turn our attention now to the National Football League. And with Ohio State's Justin Fields having sat out a couple of weeks with bruised ribs, I can tell you that Justin Fields has been cleared to play and Justin Fields has been announced as the starter by the Chicago Bears for Sunday's game against the Green Bay Packers. So nice to see Justin Fields back on the field and we'll see how he does against Aaron Rodgers, whose team is, uh, the odds I look at, the Packers are the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl. I would not pick against the defending Super Bowl champions and Tom Brady if I were putting actual money on that bet. But there are some who think that the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers are the Super Bowl favorites. No, I don't think that they are. I'm going to stick with Brady until proven otherwise. Uh, there is no need trying to prove otherwise when it comes to the best coffee. It is Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Coffee. Their coffee is phenomenal. Their coffee is hand-picked bean by bean from around the world. Indonesia, Thailand, Nicaragua, Ethiopia. How are you going to get coffee from there if you don't get it from Hemisphere Coffee Roasters? How are you going to get it if you want a 30, uh, 15% discount without the We Tackle Life podcast promo code? In all caps, remember. In all caps, we tackle life. Order that coffee at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com, and they ship it free on orders of $30 or more. And, hey, you know, you can get more for your 30 bucks if you use that promo code, we tackle life in all caps. Okay, now to a little bit of the National Football League, besides the Justin Fields injury and recovery and subsequent starting against the Green Bay Packers. The Browns play the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday. David Njoku, their tight end, was placed on the COVID-19 list. It does not mean he's out for Sunday's game, but it certainly imperils his availability for Sunday's game. The Browns have to win this game. I know we talk about must win, must win. They're 6-6. Six and six. They're last in the division. 
Baltimore is eight and four. The Bengals are seven and five. The Browns have to win this game. You can't lose home games. You can't lose home division games. I just think they have to win this game. The rest of their schedule is not super friendly. They are against the Raiders the following week at home. I know, but still, the Raiders are a squirrely team. You don't know what you're going to get. Are they capable of beating you? Yes, they are. Then they finish at Green Bay. Think they're going in there? No. At the Steelers. I know. I know you're saying, well, Steelers, what is to be so afraid of with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Bruce? We beat them last year in the playoffs. Yeah, you also lost to them earlier this year, 15-10, to 10, in one of the ugliest games you'll ever see. So if you can't beat them at home, why would you think you could beat them on the road if they also were playing for a playoff spot? And then they finish with the Bengals at home, I know, but still the Bengals are going to be wearing a good can of we owe you one after the way the Browns smoked them in Cincinnati. And the Bengals may be playing for a playoff spot that week. So you better win your home games. you got three left out of five. You think 9-8 and eight is getting you in the playoffs? I don't. You have to be 10-7 and seven at minimum to get in the playoffs. So they got to win four of their final five games. Ravens at home, Raiders at home, at Packers, at Steelers, Bengals at home. Not looking promising. And if you have to win all four of your games left after losing... To the Ravens, your second straight loss to the Ravens, by the way, because they lost to them in Baltimore last week. And your, what, third loss out of four? Yeah, they lost to the Patriots and they beat the Lions, barely. Then they lost to the Ravens. Let's recap this awesome Browns offense, shall we? The Browns offense headed by the great Baker Mayfield with Jarvis Landry, David Njoku, Austin Hooper, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, for a while Odell Beckham Jr., would you like to recap what the Browns' offense has done the last three games? They scored seven points against the Patriots, got beat 45-7. to They scored 13 points against the Lions, and they scored 10 against the Ravens. 10. That's bad offense, folks. That is bad offense. They scored four touchdowns in three weeks. Not good. I know there are a lot of Cleveland people who are still saying, oh, but Baker Mayfield's the man. Baker's our guy. Baker, we can't go back. Baker, Baker's our best quarterback since Bernie. Okay, yes, he is. Am I laying it all on Baker? No, I'm not. But you've seen this for four years. Inconsistency. I saw one NFL person this week describe Baker Mayfield as exceedingly accurate. I'm like, exceedingly accurate? Huh? That's, to me... Not at all exceedingly accurate. So uh, accuracy, number one quality in a quarterback. Well, the number one quality is availability. Health, the number two quality is accuracy. And uh, Baker Mayfield has got 11 touchdown passes in 12 games. That's not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it. He's got to play better. I'm sick of excuses. I'm sick of he's hurt. I'm sick of we don't have this guy. I'm sick. John Cooper used to have a saying, not politically correct. Nevertheless, correct. When it comes to quarterbacks, at least, don't say this to your wife. Don't tell me about the pain. Show me the baby. Definitely don't say that to your wife. Not in Lamaze class, anyway. But as it concerns quarterbacks in the National Football League, don't show me, don't tell me about the pain. Show me the baby. Show me the wins. Show me the wins.
Baker Mayfield. Now, the Cleveland Browns thought they had their quarterback for the future when they got Baker Mayfield. The Cincinnati Bengals thought they had their quarterback when they drafted Joe Burrow. One of those teams is right. One of those teams is not sure it's right. The team that's sure it's right is Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is a galvanizing force on the team. I get the feeling. It's just a feeling. just a personal feeling. Who do you think's from watching them on TV, from watching how their teammates react to them, who do you think is better liked on their team? More respected by their teammates? Joe Burrow or Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield or Lamar Jackson? Baker Mayfield or Ben Roethlisberger? One of the reasons why you might be fourth in the league, in the fourth in the division, is because when it comes to what I just see from the outside, the way guys react to the quarterback, you're fourth in how guys on the team respect the quarterback. I just think Baker Mayfield's not a not a guy who bonds with his teammates. I've never been all in on him since year two when the league adjusted to him and he didn't adjust to them. Joe Burrow has adjusted. Joe Burrow missed the last part of last year with an ACL. He comes back. He starts the season opener. He's not afraid to run the football himself. The one ding on Joe Burrow is, of course, he throws too many interceptions. He doesn't like that. He's got 14. That leads the NFL. But I think he's got 14 interceptions because he's not going to be afraid to throw the football into traffic. And while you would like for him to be a little bit more judicious in throwing the ball into tight spaces, you also have to believe in yourself, and sometimes those result in great plays. So I don't mind the way Joe Burrow throws interceptions. I mind the way Baker Mayfield throws interceptions because he throws it like a foot over the guy's head or to the right or to the left. Again, it is not exceedingly accurate to say that Baker Mayfield is exceedingly accurate. And with that, let me transition to something that is exceedingly accurate. Scripture. Yes. It's time for the faith portion of the podcast. Reading in Proverbs today. What chapter, folks? You know, it's the 8th of the month. What chapter am I in? Proverbs 8, that's right. I'm going to write a book sometime with all the Bible verses that are same number, same verse. Like, for instance, Proverbs 8, 8. There are some chapters in the Bible, and I'm going to go through the Bible sometime in every single numbered chapter, which is every chapter, because every chapter in the Bible is numbered. I'm going to go through and I'm going to pick out like the top... 30 verses that are chapter 1, verse 1, chapter 2, verse 2, chapter 3, verse 3. Pa, pa, pa. Well, I can guarantee you Proverbs 8, 8 is going to be in that book. And here's what it says. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them are crooked or perverse. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them are crooked or perverse. What a promise that is from God through King Solomon. And if we apply that standard to a lot of the things that we argue about in our society, how many of the issues that we argue about is that true of? How many of the issues that we fight over do we find that everything about that is true, just? Or do we find that it's crooked or perverse? I try not to get super political or even much political on this podcast, but I don't think talking about homosexuality and transgenderism is political. It's roundly condemned in the Bible. I am blessed that I'm not tempted by that 
lifestyle, either one. I have empathy for those who are. But for those who advocate that it's good, better, preferable, that is just not not just, not true, not according to Scripture, and Scripture is the authority. Uh, In Proverbs 6, Solomon talks about binding the teachings in the book of Proverbs, and I quote, upon your heart forever, fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. For these commands are a lamp. This teaching is a light. And the corrections of discipline are the way to light. Discipline gets a bad name. Discipline is not sexy. Discipline is not a fun topic. Discipline is perceived as evil. Discipline is perceived as oppressive. Discipline is good. God says discipline is good. God says we need discipline. He disciplines us. He says he disciplines us as a father disciplines his children. Discipline is a way to show love. Discipline is a way to keep people from making mistakes that you know are mistakes, but they don't. So I prize and treasure and cherish truth, and I try to dedicate myself to it. I would never ever say, as Dr. Fauci says, he is science. Bruce Hooley is not truth. Bruce Hooley is hopefully a messenger of truth. Bruce Hooley is a consumer of truth. Bruce Hooley is hopefully an adopter of truth, an advocate for truth. But I would never, ever purport to say that I am truth. But I know what is truth. The truth is God's word. And it has been miraculously preserved over the years for us to have and learn from and uh, to not take advantage of that is, um, to me, cheating ourselves out of one of the great, great, great blessings God has left for us. So with that, I will bid you adieu. I will thank you for your time. I will encourage you to send me an email. We tackle life at gmail.com. Got some really nice emails. I'll go through those on a future podcast. Thank you for listening. By the way, If you like listening to me and you want to hear me talk more Browns, and I will not lie to you, more news, sports, politics, culture, I will be hosting what formerly was the Mike Trivisano Show on WTAM 1100 in Cleveland on Thursday and Friday of this week. I would love to have you listen to that. Call me. I think it's 216-578-1100, as they say. So Thursday, Friday in Cleveland. And I'll be back with more on a future edition of the We Tackle Life podcast.